you so much for joining us on another edition of Tifosi Football Radio. This is Christian Valdez Utacchio, and alongside me are Giuliano Caleri and Nick Cottis. Guys, thanks so much for joining in on the next Euro segment, which is a recap of Match Day 2. Uh, we're going to talk about the groups, where they sit. We're going to talk about Group A finishing off today. Italy, a massive 1-0 masterclass with our B team, perfect rotation, but we'll get into that a little bit later. And then Switzerland, of course, hammering the Turks. The Turks bow out, and uh, I look like a bloody idiot. So that's okay. But uh, so, guys, let's jump right in. Let's talk about Group B. Uh, I know you guys in the last podcast talked about Russia beating Finland 1-0, but now we also have the Belgium-Denmark result which was a 2-1 Belgium win uh, to round out uh, match day two for Group B. So as the standings sit right now, we have Belgium first place with six points. We have Russia with uh, second place, uh, three points. They have the tiebreaker over Finland right now, who currently sit third. And Denmark, one of the host nations for this, is sitting in, with zero points um, in fourth place, but they are not out of it yet. So there is still hope for the Danes. Uh, guys, let's get your initial thoughts on this. Uh, Giuliano, what are your thoughts on Group B? Group B, Belgium, Denmark, that game was outstanding. Just one man made the difference. Kevin De Bruyne, this match was shouting for him, came on in the uh, second half, played such a vital role. Um uh, Beautiful assist on the first goal and on the goal itself. What a beautiful finish. So showing his class. And as well, I just want to make a shout out to uh, Lukaku, another City A successes tournament. A lot of the City A players are doing excellent. Uh, Lukaku was outstanding in this game as well, making a nuisance of that three-man defense in Denmark. Um, after Denmark got that quick opening goal by Yusuf Poulsen, they try to lock it up with the defense and... Uh, they didn't have an answer for Lukaku and the, and the De Bruyne combination. So Belgium, outstanding performance. Very impressed with them. Thoughts, Nick, on this group? Uh, Denmark got that goal really early. I think everything uh, shifted when De Bruyne came in. Uh, De Bruyne pretty much changed that game. Uh, and then it was a quick 1-1 uh, uh, after not too long after De Bruyne came in. And then it was pretty much sealed the fate of that uh Denmark's got a long, uh, big hill to climb, so we'll see if they can do it. Yeah, we will see if they can do it. I mean, they had a fantastic first half where they completely suffocated Belgium. And uh, I think what the Danes did is the Danes exposed the vulnerability of that back line on Belgium. Uh, the Belgian attack is phenomenal with Romelu Lukaku up there, Kevin De Bruyne being the difference, like you guys said. But... They basically put a mask or a blanket over that back line. That back line is very, very vulnerable, especially when you got a guy like Thomas Vermeulen starting. Uh, I mean, at this point, you might as well bring on Laurent Simon, or as the Bud has an OMS Chamoun. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that's going to be easily exposed uh, as they go into the next rounds. So Belgium definitely showing, uh, you know, a big second-half comeback, but that defense is suspect. Giuliano, you wanted to say something? Might I might have just add, City Up players are leading the goal-scoring charts for this Euro. Yeah. Just saying. Just saying. It's fantastic. It's fantastic for the league. Fantastic for the league. So, with that being said, guys, let's move on to Group C. So, Group C, that contains... The Dutch, the Ukraine, Austria, and North Macedonia. So here are the results, guys. Ukraine, 2-1 victory over Macedonia. Macedonia getting another goal. Um, and then the Netherlands putting on a 2-0 masterclass over the Austrians. Uh, so the way the standings sit for Group C right now going into the final match day, you have Netherlands who have now clinched into the round of 16. Uh, they are sitting first place with six points. Then you got the Ukraine sitting in second with a tiebreaker over Austria uh, with three points. Austria again sitting in third, three points, but don't have the tiebreaker right now compared to Ukraine. And then North Macedonia, Chevediamo, thanks for the thanks for the showing up. They are out as well. And again, I look like an idiot, but 
It's okay. It's okay. This was supposed to be my feel-good story with North Macedonia. But, uh, guys, thoughts on this group? Uh, Giuliano, thoughts? I just want to say the Dutch, they've impressed me. I know for some people they're kind of on the fence with them still. I believe in the Dutch team. Uh, they clinched first out of all the teams in the Euro. They clinched uh, first in the group the quickest. And uh, outstanding performance. Mateus De Ligt getting his start in. Franke de Jong playing an outstanding pivotal role in the midfield again. Pulling the strings and uh, the man up top, Memphis Depay, getting a goal uh, in a penalty. So, terrific performance by the Dutch. Really uh, put the Austrians to the sword. Austrians were getting a little bit of hype after their performance. Uh, went against North Macedonia, but they made guys like David Alaba look ordinary. Uh, completely destroyed their three at the back system that came into question against North Macedonia. Why is David Alaba playing in that position? Uh, so I think there's going to be a lot of questions asked uh, in regards to Mar Marco Foda's tactics going forward. The Austrians got to change something up, get Alaba out of that defense position and get him more up the field. Uh, in regards to the Ukraine, North Macedonia game, Ukraine, uh, I was surprised by how tight the North Macedonians kept it. Uh, with Dmitryevsky, you know, playing a huge part in that, the goalie. Uh, but uh, the Ukraine, I mean, they look solid and I think will most likely be Italy's next opponent. So keeping a little extra eye on them. It will be, I'm still not convinced of them offensively. I'm not convinced by them, but they kind of showed more so their true colors here. They're attacking intent. Yeah, absolutely. Nick, thoughts on this group? Uh, I know Jules have the Netherlands pretty favored. Uh, I'm still a little not convinced. I think uh, once we see them uh, into the knockout rounds, then I'll pretty much have uh, form an opinion there after that first knockout game. Uh, but that's on that. Ukraine, uh, they look dangerous, but, uh, you know, a playoff from North Macedonia, they, they uh, showed, uh, showed a fight. And uh, it's... Uh, it's unfortunate that uh, their big debut comes to an end so early, but uh, I so far I think uh, they got a good thing going forward, to be honest, for next tournaments. Yeah, I mean, uh, North Macedonia, it was it's a great experience for them. I mean, first major tournament ever. I mean, you can see what it means to them. You can see the emotion on Pat and Neb's face when the uh, North Macedonia anthem is playing at the start of the game at the euros so you know it's it was a good effort from them i mean they I, they've kept both games closer than i think many people expected i thought they'd pull off an upset they didn't uh let's but it is what it is that's north macedonia they were expected to go out of the group and they are going out of the group so uh that's what i have to say about north macedonia uh, austria i think tactically are a mess being italian tactics are the first things that come to mind and they look tactically as a disaster. I think, uh, I, I just think they're going to go into the next round. I think, I think they're going to be one of the, either one of the best third place teams, or they're going to be Italy's next opponent for the round of 16. If they finish in second and beat Ukraine, uh, later tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, I mean, tactically they're a mess. The Ukraine showing, uh, their dominance, in my opinion, I think Ukraine is a team to watch out for. Uh, not if they run into Italy, of course, but uh, they are a team to watch out for. The Dutch, they got their six points, first in the group. But uh, quick shout out, they asked Frank De Boer, the team that's impressed them the most at the Euro, and he said the Azzurri. So he knows what's up. So that's, uh, that's Group C, guys. Let's go into Group D. So let's go into England's group. Uh, let's read the results here for match day two. So match day two, uh, Croatia and Czech Republic playing out to a 1-1 draw. Um, and England and Scotland playing out to a goalless draw, uh, which was a huge result for Scotland. Doing that at Wembley Stadium as well, that, that's like a victory for them. So they are not out of it yet. They were a thorn in England's side. Um, quickly, what I'll say about these two games... Um, the Czech Republic have been a have been a surprise. Croatia is, I think, what I thought they were. They are definitely not as dangerous as they used to be. They're a much older squad. They look worn out. The legs aren't there. Giuliano's favorite player, Brozovic, is garbage there. Um, they just they don't look good. And uh, I think if they do make it out of the group, that uh, that 
it's only going to be for one more game. I honestly, uh, we'll talk about the predictions a little later, but I honestly think now that I'm going to be going back on my prediction, I don't even think they're going to make it out of this group. Uh, they they look that bad. The um, the checks though, I mean, uh, you know, credit to them. Four points in very good shape. Nobody expected them to come out of this group, let alone lead this group. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, or for all our listeners out there and you guys, if you saw that uh, that elbow on Patrick Schick, but <laughs> I think his nose was broken for sure. Um, but he's you know credit to him. He still took the penalty. He still buried it. Three goals uh, for the former Roma man. Uh, I don't know how this guy is scoring. Uh, it's, it's a miracle. He's pulling like a rabbit out of the hat this tournament. And then Scotland. I, I, you know, I think we got to talk about that. Like Scotland draw is huge. They're still alive. They just got to beat Croatia. Uh, but then uh, England. It's either Southgate got it all wrong or he's a genius. And he's playing for second place because he knows how much easier the path is if he finishes second in this group. Guys, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, what, what are your thoughts on this group? What are your thoughts on these two results? Uh, Nick, we'll go with you first. Well, I said on the last podcast, Croatia, legs aren't there. I think the uh, longer you uh, give, uh, you play for a draw, the longer you keep them at bay in the game, their legs will give. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's just uh, Patrick Schick. I mean, I- I'm surprised. Uh, he's got to have three goals. He's got to be up there for a uh, uh, goal race of the tournament. But I think uh, the longer Croatia can't score, the... Uh, the longer uh, things aren't going to go for them. They don't really have much coming off the bench, I don't think. Uh, England, I mean, yes, tactically, would you want to play for second? I mean, yes, but is that always going to fare well? I mean, in these tournaments, you got to beat the best to go through. Uh, playing second kind of bothers me a little bit because it's kind of like a disrespect to the other teams, and uh, that could come back to bite you. Let's say England goes into second, and plays a so-called weaker opponent. I mean, the ball is round and it's one game. It's not a. It's it's a sprint as we, yeah, not a marathon. And I I, I don't like that kind of uh, that kind of way of thinking. Uh, I think that uh, that's karma coming to bite you in the butt. But if that's the if that's in his mind, if it is in his mind, uh, that's on him. Uh, Scotland, I was impressed. I think they had a really good chance. That Pickford made a really good save off of uh, was coming coming through the air. He kind of hit it off uh, off the air there, and uh, Pickford made a good save, or else that would have been it for England. So I still think England will come out on top, uh, whether it be first or second. Uh, the Czech have surprised me, but uh, Scotland expect them to take to the Croatians. The way the Scottish play, that very uh, grit. Uh, you know, defensive shape uh, might wear down the Croatians quite a bit. So look out for that game. Yeah, uh, I'm glad we didn't waste our time previewing England-Scotland neck last week because this game was an absolute big waste of time. Uh, it did throw the group on its head. Uh, I don't think as much as, you know, we can say Garisuke, was he trying to throw the game? we got to look at the starting lineup. Raheem Sterling, Kerry Kane, Phil Foden, and Mason mounts your attacks. You're going essentially with the same attack. So for me, they're trying to win the game. What has to come into question is why is Gareth Southgate still playing two holding midfield against defensive teams? It makes no sense. He's been getting hammered about this in the media for years, and he will not walk away from his two holding midfield uh, tactics. Uh, It's quite mind-boggling. You could see it was redundant. Guys like Declan Rice... What's the point of having a guy like him on the field? He just passes sideways. He, uh, he you know, you got to give credit. He's good on the defensive side of the game. But in a game like this, you don't need him. Uh, you should be maybe dropping Phil Foden deeper in the midfield, starting Jack Grealish earlier. But that's up to Southgate. Uh, will it be a masterstroke in the end? We'll see with how the group ends in the coming week. But overall, just a poor game. I think one shot on target each. Uh, the check... Patrick Schick is the check right now. This guy has completely given his team a, a chance in this tournament. If it wasn't for his goals, the check would be last in this group. Uh, I mean, they, they don't impress me too much, but uh, it's his key goals. Like uh, goals from, you know, he's this guy's scoring goals from half. He's scoring headers that 
are picturesque. They're beautiful headers he's scoring. He's scoring uh, penalties. So will the goal scoring streak continue? We'll see. But Czech are going to last in this tournament as long as Patrick Schick scoring goals. And for Croatia, I am astonished uh, at how bad Rebic's finishing has been. Uh, the way he was scoring goals for Milan this season, I expected him to, you know, he's not a go-to striker, but I expect him at least score the the opportunity that he missed in this game. He missed the net completely with his left foot uh, on an open shot, which was embarrassing. Uh, so that's what Croatia is missing right now is that goal score, and it's really hurting them. But we'll see uh, in the coming week what happens with this group. Yeah, it is what it is. And that's uh, that's Group D. Let's move on to Group E, another group that has been put on its head. Uh, let's talk about these two results. So Sweden, uh, big one nothing victory over Slovakia, uh, courtesy of a penalty. That gave them the three points there. And then how about this one, guys? Spain won, Polska Gola won. Poland is still hanging on by a thread. Lewandowski gets off the mark, finally. And uh, this group is basically turned on its head now. So this is, this is the standings right now. Sweden is leading the group with four points. Slovakia in second place with three points. Spain are currently third place with two points. And Poland, not out of it yet, uh, sitting in fourth with one point. So this group is wide open for the taking. Um, Nick, let's get your thoughts on this group. What, what do you think is going on here? To be honest, I, I, I have no idea. I mean, uh, the, the tournament is strange enough. I, I mean, we, we talked about this, this new tournament and how Poland's still in it with one point. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but it is what it is. Uh, the Spanish, uh, I think we talked, I talked about this with Jules last time. So, I mean, Giuliano, like it's, I told him that it's just, uh, you know, all these passes and everything, you, you need to be clinical in, in the front of the net. I mean, I mean, you can carry all the possession and all the beautiful passing and the controlling and everything, but, uh, you know, in the end of the day, it's the goals got to come out of that and that goals are not coming out of that right now. And, uh, it's unfortunate that, uh, the Spanish have kind of lost, uh, their way of, uh, of what they used to do. Um, as far as Sweden goes, I think Sweden have the best chance to get out of this group. Uh, they're a little bit more, uh, I could see them being a little bit more consistent in what they're doing. Uh, but, uh, that, that is one group that anything could happen. And I think, uh, yeah, I think, uh, if Spain continues to play this way, even if they sneak out in like a third or even second place, I, I don't see them making it past the first knockout round. Yeah, so Sweden is what Italy used to be these days. Uh, defense first, very hard to break down. Alexander Isak has been the star up front, the most dribbles completed this tournament. He's been great. Uh, Slovakia held the own. I thought they would manage to get a point out of this. It did come down to a penalty. Um, I think Slovakia still look a strong team, especially playing with no out-and-out striker. I thought the tactics worked. It just... In the end, the penalty was the difference. Uh, so good performance by Slovakia. Sweden looks like they're qualified for the next stage, so great for them. Uh, in regards to the Spain-Poland game, Spain right now are their own worst enemy. How they only have one goal, God knows. They should probably be the leading goal-scoring team in the tournament right now next to Italy. Uh, with the amount of chances, they missed the penalty in the 58th minute here, Gerard Moreno. So... Right now with Spain, it's coming down. And we've said this. They're missing their David Villa type player. Morata has been underwhelming, although he did score. And Gerard Moreno has been underwhelming. They have everything else. Pat down. The goalie's great. The defense is great. Midfield's great. They control a game like no other team. Just when it comes to the front of the net, these guys are not up to the, the notch uh, that Spain needs. So that's the difference. They should qualify if they drop points to Slovakia. I'd be very surprised, but uh, that's kind of how this that group went for round two in my eyes. Yeah, um, I think this group is totally upside down. Um, I think we saw a glimpse of what Poland can be, um, in my opinion. I, this is the kind of Poland I've been waiting for. 
Paulo Souza making some adjustments, and the adjustments have uh, have paid off in this game. I mean, it's a huge result for them, uh, drawing one one with this Spanish team, still making very uh, very elementary uh, school mistakes <laughs> in the back there. So I, I don't understand where where the uh, the miscommunication is, especially. Uh, the communication between Berzinski, Gleek, and Chesney. I mean, these are three guys that play in Serie A and know each other very well. It just doesn't feel that they're fully unified as a team, but I think once they get there, um, they will be a force to reckon with. Uh, Sweden, in my opinion, uh, very fortunate to get the one nothing win here. Uh, I think Slovakia were hard done by it. I mean, Sweden are a defense-first team, uh, as you said, Giuliano, and... Um, I just think it's going to backfire because if Sweden, if Sweden do concede or do concede the first goal and they're going to have to chase, uh, how are they going to show up? Who's going to be putting the ball in the back of the net for them? Um, so I think they're very fortunate to be on four points. I honestly think Poland's going to give them a run for their money, especially with a more confident Robert Lewandowski now um, that's got uh, that's got off the mark here at this tournament um, and. And I'm interested to see what's going to happen with Spain. I mean, uh, Spain are clearly in a rebuild. Uh, they're clearly gunning towards World Cup 2022 in Qatar. That is the main objective. I don't think to win the Euro is the main objective for this squad. It's a matter of getting experience and going as far as you can, getting into the knockout rounds. It's going to be very interesting to see how this group ends. It actually makes this group very exciting. Uh, but I can tell you right now, I think I'm not, I know I'm not the only one. I did not expect Sweden to be sitting on top of this group after match day two. Um, and uh, to be honest with you, I hope they go out <laughs> really early. I'm not a I'm not a Swedish fan. I still I'm still sour about what they did in uh, 2018. So you can tell with this Swedish team defensively, they're very sound. And Robin Olsen has been playing fantastic in between the sticks. He's probably earned his stay at Roma. Clearly. There is a lot of trouble in front of the net. I mean, we should have seen a lot. I'm sure a lot of people saw alarm bells when they were going to be bringing back as Latan Ibrahimovic. We'll see what they do against the Poles, uh, which we'll talk about uh, a little bit later. So that's Group E. Let's talk about Group F, guys. Wow. Okay, that's all I can really say about that. Wow for the games yesterday. Hungary pulling off a 1-1 draw against France. In front of 55,998 people. And when Hungary scored, the whole stadium erupted. That was so awesome to see. So Hungary with a 1-1 draw. Portugal showing their true colors. Getting smashed by Germany. I know you guys and everybody else out there talked about who's going to score for Germany. They don't have a, they don't really have a, an attacking option outside of Timo Werner. Well, no problem. They scored four times against the Portuguese in this game. I mean, the Portuguese helped them with a couple of goals. But uh, uh, so as the standings sit after these results, France is still on top with four points. Uh, Germany sitting in second place right now uh, with three points, having a tiebreaker over Portugal. And Portugal sitting uh, in uh, third place with three points. And Hungary is still not out of it technically. Um, they are in it with uh, one point. And, uh, I mean, I guess, okay, I'll, I'm going to start with this group because, uh, you know, watching both games yesterday, I was just absolutely floored. I, I think the Hungarians put on a Catenacho masterclass. Um, you could tell they were playing Catenacho right from the get-go, soak in the pressure, capitalize on your chance that you're going to get because it's going to come. And it did. And when Fiola scored... That was one of the most beautiful scenes I've seen in Budapest. Uh, they absolutely erupted. And it was so cool to see football's back. That, like, that's what you want to see. You want to see eruption like that when the home team scores. France, my man Griezmann, getting the, getting the all-important goal to give them the point. So France showing kinks in the armor there. Um, and uh, showing that they can be vulnerable too at times. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I mean, France are playing um, Portugal in the next game, so that's going to be fan a fantastic game. 
uh, end-to-end, I think. And then let's talk about this Portugal-Germany game. I mean, Germany, Gosens, and Havertz, just fantastic. Fantastic. And I just want to say a shout-out to all the Atalanta players in this tournament because they are all firing on all cylinders. They're all putting on brilliant performances and uh, it goes to show you, I guess, that that's the inspiration of Atalanta and Giampiero Gasparini. And uh, they're just fantastic. I mean, Germany showing we may not have the most, we may not have the strongest squad we've ever fielded, but we can still give you a run for your money. So, Giuliano, let's get your thoughts on yes, this. Yes, so I'll start with Portugal. Germany, uh, Germany, Exact same lineup against uh, France they brought out for the Portuguese game. Uh, Portugal, pretty much the same lineup as well. But the main difference from the Germans were they figured out how to unlock the Portuguese defense. And it was with the movement off the ball. The movement off the ball of Thomas Muller and Robin Gossens was unbelievable. Uh, especially Robin Gossens. His disallowed, from his disallowed goal to the assist he got to his goal that stood the header. He was fantastic. He just annihilated Bernardo Silva and Nelson Semedo down that left wing. They didn't know what to do with him. Uh, same with Thomas Muller making Rafael Guerrero look like he never played football in his life, finding space in behind him all the time. And it just put Ruben Diaz and, and Pepe under so much pressure. And uh, they could not handle the movement uh, of those two forwards. And Sir Gnabry and Havers just were able to pick off the space in the box and, and, and get to those passes and just put so much pressure. The The German performance was perfect. It was a perfect performance, although they did concede two goals, but uh, they played outstanding. Big difference. And they also, a uh, big tactical change was they were able to get Joshua, I think, who's the best midfielder in the world, Joshua Kimmich. They were, they were able to get him on the ball more, and he was able to pull the strings. So scratch and sniff, Yogi Lowe finally got it right. Uh, in Germany, <laughs> in Germany, they've been uh, questioning his tactics, kind of like the English are questioning Southgate's tactics, because the Germans want to see a more counterattacking style. They feel their players are more counterattacking than this possession-based football that Germany's been playing for, I think, 14 years now that he's been the manager. So they're kind of over Yogi Low style. But when you see them play like this, and you dismantle one of the the favorites for the tournament like this, you know, it, it's exciting to see. So. Germany, huge win, big statement. Uh, big questions with Fernando Santos to the Portuguese coach. The guy's so one-dimensional with his tactics. I mean, Portugal, I, I've said it. They won 2016, yes. All the games went into overtime, three draws. They won one game in regulation. So a lot of luck. A lot of things fell their way. It's not going to happen again back-to-back like that. No way. Not a chance in hell. Uh, especially now that everyone knows what Portugal's about. So they have to change something there. Find ways to get Bruno Fernandes involved more. That's supposed to be one of the best midfielders in the world. Man, use a uh, star player. Invisible this game. So once again, that's that. Hungry France. Hungry. What a performance. Outstanding. I, I saw the first half. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to see the second half. Uh, but Hungary looked phenomenal. That I've never seen a team play the way they did with so much heart. Uh, being backed by their country, uh, and not not the most skilled team, but they all ran from defense to forward. Everyone was throwing in tackles, and they really gave the French the French team uh, a lot to think about with those strong tackles. And you already mentioned Antoine Griezmann. For me, he's my favorite player on that French team. I love the way he's been playing since his Vigo days. The way he scores, the way he tackles, this guy's game has come, you know, full circle. Uh, he does everything. He's my favorite player on the French team, and uh, he's the reason why they were able to get a, a draw from this game. So I'll let Nick maybe divulge a little bit more on Hungary, France, but outstanding performance by the Hungarians and Marco Rossi. This is football. This is this is what it's all about. It's about getting your your stadium packed, hundred percent full, and uh, putting in a performance of a lifetime. And a draw is a draw. It uh, still gets you in. It still gets you good. Uh, I think I think Pavard uh, they made uh, the first red card uh, first yellow card sorry went to Pavard in the 10 minutes so the French it looked like they were already panicking making some cynical tackles already so the Hungarians were making them work 
but kudos to Hungary. It's what football is all about. It's what uh, it's what the beautiful game uh, has in mind. That uh, you know when these uh, when this group was announced, everybody was you know like poor Hungary, poor Hungary. Well, look at Hungary now, right? So good for them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let's move on to uh, Group A. Uh, so Switzerland putting a pounding to Turkey, uh, three to one. Uh, Seferovic scoring early on, and Shakari scoring two great goals as well. Uh, Turkey finally got off the mark with uh, a Kavechi goal, um, but uh, too little, too late, and they are three and done. Italy. Full squad rotation. This was the bench, and they put on a one nothing masterclass. They still haven't conceded yet. The last time they conceded a goal was back in October, and uh, that record is still going. And Mancini is just keeping the this Azuri train running. Um, so with that win, uh, Italy finishes top of the group, a perfect three and seven goals for zero against um, with nine points uh, Wales actually finishes um, second in the group with a better goal differential so they have confirmed second place with uh, four points uh, so great for Wales and then Switzerland finishes the group third uh, with four points and a negative one goal differential so they're gonna have to sit and wait but four points should be enough to see this Swiss team into the round of 16 as one of the best one of the four best third place teams. And then Turkey, Cevediamo, zero wins, zero draws, three big losses, one goal for this whole tournament, and eight against with a negative seven goal differential. Um, so I will quickly talk about Turkey here before we get into, get into Italy. Um, because Turkey, my God, they, uh, they actually disappointed, not just me, but a lot of people, a lot of people had Turkey as a dark horse and they just, they came in and they did everything wrong and everything went wrong. I don't know if it was a tactical change, but this team was not unified. Uh, this team, this team, the communication in the back line was absolutely Horrendous. There, there was no communication at all, and between goalkeeper and defense, uh, Demorel showing the fraud that he is. He is Juventus trash. He, uh, he was, he's definitely overrated and a waste of money. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see him on his way out of Juve before next season. Uh, Chalanoglu, like what the hell? Like just a ghost in this tournament, uh, and. Is is League uh just a shitty league? Because uh, like one of the best goal scorers, big reason Lille won the won the League uh and uh, did uh, absolutely frig all in this tournament. He was uh, he was a ghost himself. I mean, uh, let, like I'm just absolutely shocked by this by this Turkey team. Um, before we move on to the Italy game, is there anything you guys want to say about the Swiss and uh, and the, and the Turks? Yeah, Juliano. the Turks. Yeah, surprisingly bad. I had them coming in second, maybe getting eliminated right off the bat out of the the knockout stages. But I guess if you look, the the qualifying's happened over two years ago. So I think a lot of people were basing their predictions based off that qualifying that happened two years ago in Turkey. You know, they were undefeated, I think, all year up until the Euro started. Something happened in the changing room. Something happened with the manager. It's been a, yeah, complete disaster for them. Uh, Switzerland, on the other hand, kudos to Shakiri showing leadership, what a, what a star player is supposed to do for their team. Uh, showing Kalinoglu, like you said, has been a ghost, which I can't believe Inter is fighting for this guy. And I think Juve's fighting for him too. I don't know. I would stay as far away from this fraud as, as much as possible. But, uh, Switzerland, if we we can only go based off the past tournament 2016 with the same format, four points was more than enough for the third place teams to get through. The teams that did get eliminated uh, in 2016 uh, as the best third place teams were Turkey and Albania, both on three points each, but had negative goal differential. So you need three points at least 
maybe you got to have a goal differential around zero and up. Uh, so that kind of qualifies you. So Switzerland, I think, are should be safe. Well, I mean, being Greek, I follow the Turkish league uh, quite uh, uh, more than uh, other non-Turks, but uh, I- I'm shocked. You know, when, Jules. I mean, sorry, Christian. When you said uh, you had this uh, Turkey as uh, as a dark horse, I-, I truly believed in you because I know the Turkish culture for football, and uh, you know they they really they really play. You know, with that crest, uh, proud of the crest and proud of the jersey. Um, I'm shocked by this as well. I mean, the qualifying in a tournament is just completely night and day. Uh, as for the Swiss, uh, I actually have them uh, better than the uh, than the Welsh. Um, I just didn't see this kind. Neither the Wales is uh, a really good team and is the real deal, or uh, you know, the Swiss are just the same usual, you know, just scraping in to the to to the knockout rounds kind of thing. But um, you know, I, I'm still a little shocked at Turkey. I thought uh, if uh, uh, you know, I thought they would score more for having such uh, you know Yilmaz, uh, Yazici, all those guys that put up big numbers in uh, uh, across the Europe there. Um, but it is the game and. Uh, I'm sure they'll be uh, going home to uh, a few flares uh, being thrown at them. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, so let's talk about let's talk about the top two teams playing it out today. Italy rotating the squad fully uh, against a Welsh team that somewhat rotated their squad, kept their kept a few of their guys out that had yellow cards um, as a precaution so they wouldn't miss out on the round of sixteen. One of them that got the bench was Kiefer Moore. Because uh, of his yellow card, so Italy doing a pretty much a full rotation. Marco Verratti's back, played a fantastic game, um, and Italy coming out one nothing victors here uh, with this squad. So everybody on the squad now, except Alex Meret, has got a couple of minutes um, on the field here. And watching this game today, I'll say, I guess I'll say it first. I, I, I was absolutely impressed. I was a little worried at first uh, with the pairing of Bonucci and Bastoni because I don't think those two gel well, well together. So I was a little nervous that Mancini started with Bonucci and Bastoni side by side. Usually Bastoni is the replacement for Bonucci and Acerbi is the replacement for Chiellini. So I thought it'd be an Acerbi-Bastoni uh, pairing, which ended up turning out to be in the second half. But Bastoni, I have to say... Uh, one of the most impressive players today for me, he was, and I will say it for the rest of probably the, every podcast I'll say, he was one of the Jose Mourinho and now one of the Christian bastards um, in this game. He was, Mancini gave him the, the task of you are on a Gareth Bale. That's your man for this whole game. And he played a physical game, old school Italian defense, as Giuliano mentioned to me before we came on with the Marco Materazzi number, um, just physical, aggressive. In my opinion, he should have he should have received a caution at some point uh, because he did get quite a few fouls. Um, if you look at the fouls committed compared to the other guys that got yellow cards, like Piscina, even uh, the straight red, a, a pump, a, I forget his name, on Wales, Ampadu, Ampadu. There we go. Thank you, Ampadu, and. Uh, like, it, it is what it is. Um, I will go on the record saying I think Bastoni should have at least received the caution um, for this game. But he was outstanding in the, in the back there. Absolutely outstanding. Um, on the right side, very impressive to see Rafael Toloi playing the right back. He's going to be the second right back going forward, uh, going forward for the rest of the tournament. Whether Alessandro Florenzi gets healthy or not, he's never seen another minute on this squad. Um, I think that's pretty evident. Uh, Midfield-wise, Jorginho, fantastic. Marco Verratti, oh my God. Like, fantastic uh, player here. Uh, Piscina, fantastic. Bellotti, an absolute horse today. Totally impressed me. Um, Chiesa, just a, a menace running up and down the flank. Uh, to me, it proves he's a fantastic player. I have all the, mo- all the most respect to him, but 
Chiesa is a better option for this Azuri team off the bench than he is as a starting role. Because when the, when the team is exhausted in the 60, 65th minute and you bring a guy like Chiesa that's got fresh legs, whew, that right side, he's going to be running up and down, no problem. And then on the, on the left side, Bernardeschi, fantastic performance by him. So it, this, this performance, this Italy, like, oh, I got two words, holy shit. Um, they look fantastic this tournament. I've never, I, I've told Jules, Nick, I'm going to tell you now, I have never in my life seen an Italian team like this, top to bottom, from the, from the main guy all the way down to the last guy. Like, for crying out loud, Gaetano Castrovilli was friggin' on. For a few minutes, the fellow, our fellow Barez guy, um, just it's just a fantastic team, and uh, I think all the other nations are getting on high alert. Um, guys, let's get your thoughts on this Italy. Let's get your thoughts on this game, Giuliano. Yeah, I, you, you pretty much covered it all. I don't want to repeat too much of it, but uh, yeah, the big dilemma now is Marco Varati versus Locatelli. That's going to be the big debate. That's what Mancini has to, yeah, and that's what Mancini has to figure out. Uh, big question marks there. Like I said, I, I don't know if I said on this podcast or in passing other people, but Locatelli, he stood out against two teams that sat back and allowed him space to take shots. And but you could see he was slow when being pressed, and he makes mistakes under pressure. Veratti, as we saw today, the guy can get pressed. He can dribble his way out of uh, out of any scenario. That's something we're missing in the midfield when he's not there. So that's going to be the big dilemma for Italy now, uh, considering who their opponents are going to be. Does Verratti get to start over Locatelli with how well the midfield performed in the first two games? Uh, I just want to say, as the B team, they did pretty good. What a goal by Matteo Piscina. He put it in the only spot that Danny Ward couldn't save it. Wales, too, they kind of dropped the ball. Gareth Bale. They missed two huge chances, Wales, to tie this game. So Wales, you know, with their starting lineup, in all fairness, did cause the Italian team some moments of uh, pressure, but I think the Italians uh, did pretty good in handling it. I feel bad for Ethan Ampadu, that straight red card. I heard a lot of English commentators complaining it shouldn't have been, but what a lot of them forget, I think it was Chris Gunther. He did the exact same challenge first. I feel that the ref warned him. You know, that's borderline red. Don't do it again. And Ethan Ampadu does the exact same challenge. So I think he was just the unfortunate, uh, you know, player to not receive the warning. And he got the straight red for it. So uh, to focus on Wales a bit too, they have the most wins outside of France over the last two Euros, which is surprising. They've once again gotten out of the group stages. I had them dead last. They've exceeded all expectations. They play like an old-style English team, championship division now, maybe. But they're uh, they're great. They're tough. Joe Roden played fantastic today. Like I said, Danny Ward was unbelievable in net. The only goal that got past them was Matteo Piscina. Like I said, no goalie would have saved that. Um, but just I think big questions have to come. Can't rely on Keith for more all the time. Aaron Ramsey, Gareth Bell, I feel they should be doing a little bit better against Italy's B team than what they showed today. So besides that, great great performance by Italy. Uh, Alessandro Bastoni, I'm so happy to see him representing Materazzi. And maybe he can get us across the finish line, win another Euro, and get pull some goals as we get into the knockout stages. Nick, what do you think? Uh, just to touch on a few things, because you guys pretty much all nailed it, but really happy to see Bastoni, you know, 22 years old, pretty much giving Gareth Bale the tie, the hard time. Uh, last podcast, I said, you know, we've been here before where uh, uh, an important figure in the defense goes down uh, and uh, one steps in and tends to shine. I think, like I said, that was like a Bastoni Matarazzi thing when Nesta went down uh, years back. Uh, as for Verratti, I know I said uh, last uh, last podcast to sit him on the bench, but uh, seeing on how now how he dribbles his way out, controls things, uh, I think if it doesn't ruffle any feathers and there's no egos in the locker room and there's uh, a complete cohesive uh, uh, locker room, I think uh, you know I think Verratti might be the the choice depending on who we're playing. 
and whatnot. But uh, as long as it doesn't ruffle any feathers, because right now I have not seen this Italian team in so long. I mean, I grew up with, uh, you know, the whole, you know, defense first. Uh, you get two wins and a draw, and it's you make it, you make it not pretty. Uh, but, you know, seven goals, zero, four. I mean, seven goals, uh, four, zero against. Uh, f you know, three wins from three. Uh, the firepower. I haven't seen this. I, I haven't. I've never seen this Italy before, so that's really exciting. Uh, Bill, uh, Wales, uh, enjoying how they're p performing. Uh, it's unfortunate that they sat uh, two players for yellow cards, only to pick up a red. But I think, uh, I think this Wales team has shot upon uh, all expectations. Um, definitely uh, punching above weight. Uh, the Ampamdu is a big deal because he's center of defense. Do they have someone to bring him in for next game? Uh, for the knockouts, we'll see. But overall, I'm really excited for this Italy team. Um, I'm just really excited. I've never seen this kind of play before. This 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 hunger, this uh, goal scoring. It's it's. It's finally uh, we cannot be me be made fun of uh, for just being defense and counterattacking. Uh, we're the real deal now, and I think uh, I think the bookies have to put us uh, in uh, in uh, in a higher recognition than they did it before. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, the big question now. I'm just just to echo on you guys uh, on you guys' question. Yeah, the big question that Mancini's got to figure out. Is it going to be Verratti or is it going to be Locatelli? Uh, just based on what I saw today, it's got to go to Verratti. Um, but this Italian team, like you like you said, Nick, you just got to make sure there's you don't uh, you don't you don't uh, there's no egos in the room. I don't think there is. This team, Italian team, is very united. This Italian team wants to do something, and that's all the credit to Roberto Mancini and what he's done uh, for all the Italian fans and for all the football fans in general. This Italian team when Roberto Mancini had them, was at their lowest point since the early 90s um, and uh, had just missed out on a on a World Cup qualification to Sweden. They were at the rock bottom. And from the amount of the work that he's done here uh, it, it is nothing short of incredible. And in the time that he's done it is absolutely phenomenal. I have the utmost respect for Roberto Mancini as a coach. This just puts me on a whole other level for respect for this coach. He is, he was the right choice to go in, and he was the best thing to happen to this Missouri team. Um, but uh, let's move on. Let's let, let's talk about some predictions now, guys. Let let let's quickly preview and give our predictions for uh, the rest of match day three. Uh, so tomorrow, there's four games on the docket. Obviously, uh, the group games will be the the same group games will be played at the same time. So let's go right away. Uh, let's go. So first games tomorrow are uh, Group C. So Netherlands and Macedonia playing at the same time. And then Ukraine and Austria playing at the same time. Netherlands, like Giuliano said, have already clinched first place in the group, have booked their way into the round of 16. They know their path. Um, Austria and Ukraine are basically fighting it out for second place. Um both of them don't want to lose because a loss could mean missing out as one of the uh, worst third-place teams because uh, they'd only be on three points. But knowing you're going to finish second place means you're playing Italy on Saturday at 3 o'clock at Wembley Stadium. So Italy is going to be watching this game with a very, 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 very close eye uh, because they're basically going to be taking the winner out of this game. So... Uh, Guys, let's let, let's get some predictions here. Let, let, what, what do we think is going to happen, Nick? Let's start with you. So for uh, Group C, uh, I think the Netherlands are a shoe in between Ukraine and Austria. I think it's Ukraine. Ukraine is just uh, they. I think they're gonna they're gonna do the job against the Austrians. All right. So you think we're gonna be playing Ukraine? Yes. <laughs> All right, Juliana. Yeah. So I'll start with my Group B predictions. I think. Uh... Russia, Denmark. I think Denmark's defense is going to be too solid for the Russians. Both teams only have one goal. Russia's defense, a lot of holes in it. I think Denmark should get that goal and uh, finish second in the group on uh, on head to head after Belgium smashes Finland. So I see Belgium first, Denmark second. 
Uh, Netherlands going to be a training match for them. North Macedonia, I think can happen. It doesn't really matter. Austria, Ukraine, this is a big match for us Italian fans. I'm still not sold on the Ukrainian team. They're both Austrian and Ukraine. They're both iffy. I think Austria has more talent, if you ask me. Whether they have the the heart and drive to be the Ukrainians is another thing. I think there's too many big heads in that Austrian team, like Arnautovic, Alaba, uh, just as an example. I'm going to lean towards the Austrians. I think the Ukrainians are they're younger. They may be more hungry, but I think that leads to more mistakes. And I agree. I think the team that loses this match will be eliminated from the tournament as one of the worst third-place teams. So I'm just going to live on the edge and say, Austria, this will be their first ever qualification of the group stages. I think they'll they'll do it uh, this time around. All right. Uh, so for group, uh, for group C, I'll make my predictions real quick. Netherlands should be a very simple win for them, even with a full squad rotation over North Macedonia. I'm going to stick with Ukraine. I really think it's going to be Italy-Ukraine uh, on Saturday at 3 o'clock. I just don't... I just think Ukraine is better than Austria. Austria is just tactically a mess. Um, so I think... Uh, and I think it, I think Ukraine's going to go for the win. Uh, Austria is going to try and sit back and play for the tie. And it's going to bite them in the ass. And uh, they'll be one of the teams going home as one of the worst third-place teams. A tie might actually benefit uh, yeah. both teams. They'd, they'd probably both go through. They'd both go they through. Would, it would. Yes, it would. It would, but I don't think Ukraine plays that way. Not Andrei Shevchenko. He won't set up his team to play for the tie. He will definitely set them up for the win. Um, and then, uh, so I, you, I know you made your predictions for Group B, Giuliano. Nick, let's get your, let's get your uh, predictions for Group B here. The Belgium, uh, the Belgium, Finland, and Russia, Denmark. Uh, Belgium is just too strong. Uh, like I said in my last uh, podcast with uh, Giuliano there, I think uh, this is the time for Belgium to make a deep, deep, deep impact, a deep, deep, deep run. Uh, for Russians, Denmark, uh, I think the Danes are going to pull this off, uh, but it'll be very close. Okay, okay. Um, I think, yeah, I think Belgium's got too, way too much for Finland. Um, and, uh, and Finland is uh, unfortunately going to be battling out of this tournament. Um, I think the Danes here, they're in Copenhagen. They have a chance. They have to go for it, and they have to smash Russia. I think if they even beat Russia, uh, even just by one goal based on goal differential, they will sneak in, as long as Belgium beats Finland, uh, sneak in a second place in the group, which is absolutely massive uh, for this Danish team. So for me, I'm taking Denmark to beat Russia in Copenhagen, and I'm taking Belgium uh, to comfortably beat this Finnish team. Um, and we'll see how it goes from there. Now, let's go on to the next games here. So the next games here, these are big ones, guys. Let's talk about them. Croatia, Scotland, and Czech Republic, and England. For Group D, what do we think is going to happen? Nick, what do you think is going to happen? For the Croatia-Scotland game, I'm a firm believer that if Scotland can keep... Croatia at bay and tired them out uh, they're more than capable of taking this game I think the Scots uh, play with heart I think if they play the way they played with England um, they will actually do something here so I'm going to go with Scotland on this one that's going to be my wild uh, my wild uh, prediction for this uh, set of rounds uh, Czech Republic and England uh, I think England's got it I think England's got it. The Czechs are good, but uh, right now uh, the English just have a, a lot of class above the Czechs. Yeah, I think uh, so. We'll start Croatia, Scotland, Croatia, Czech Republic are essentially the same team. Uh, that's the way I look at them. Just like I said before, Croatia's missing the striker. Rabic, Kramaric have been absolute shite all tournament. Scotland, I mean, the way they play the Czechs, that's all the way I can base how they're going to approach the Croatians, I think it's going to be very similar. I think they'll own the possession side of the game. They'll press. They won't score because, once again, they're missing the goal score too. So it's going to be a draw for these two, both gone out of the group stage. Croatia and uh, Scotland are going to be eliminated from the tournament. Czech, England, what I see happening here, I see sneaky uh, Gareth Southgate playing for a draw. Czechs finishing first, England second, England again, and they're easy draw. 
So two draws for me. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I agree. I think, uh, I think Czech Republic and England are going to play for a draw, and England's going to finish second in this group. Czech's going to win the group. But I disagree. I agree with Nick on what's going to happen in, uh, in Glasgow because I think people need to realize that if you don't know yet, Scotland's playing this game at home in Glasgow at Hampton Park against Croatia. I just think that feel being at home, being in Glasgow, is going to put Scotland on another level. We saw how Scotland played the Czechs. Um, mind you, it was, it was two brilliant uh, conversions from Patrick Schick. That was a difference. I think Scotland played fantastic in that game against Czech Republic and warranted more. So for me, I think Scotland is going to beat Croatia. Scotland is going to somehow sneak into this round of 16 as one of the best third-place teams. Uh, so that's my prediction for Group D. So let's move on to let's move on to Group E and Group F. So let's talk about these games. Uh, let's talk about Group E first. Let's talk about Slovakia, Spain, and then Sweden and Poland. Giuliano, your thoughts? So we'll start with Slovakia, Spain. I mean, Spain's going to come up against the same stuff. Slovakia just has to play defense, get four points, and they're in. Spain are going to be after the team that comes out, attack. And are they going to do it? I think they really shot themselves in the foot with the penalty miss against Poland. I honestly had them as a semifinalist team, but I don't think they get it done against the Slovaks. I think it's more of the same same stuff with them, the possession, but cannot score. So I think what's going to happen is Spain, It's they're going to finish with this group on three points. It may be enough just to sneak them into the knockout stages. Uh, and I think Slovakia will be the surprise team coming out of the group stages. Uh, in the next game, Sweden-Poland, it's going to be a flip of a coin. Sweden's riding comfortable right now. I just, I see maybe a draw Sweden when I don't think Poland have enough to get out of the groups here. I just don't. I mean, Sweden's shown to be so resilient defensively, and I just think it continues. Haven't conceded a goal all tournament either. Nick, thoughts on this on these two games? Yeah, so for the Sweden-Poland game, I don't think Poland, Lewandowski is Poland and Poland is Lewandowski. Uh, they don't have that same effect as Ronaldo does with Portugal. Um, it's going to take a lot for this Polish team to sneak in as a third-place finisher. I don't think they have it. I think the best uh, that could happen here for the Polish is a draw or a Sweden win, uh, one of the two, but I'm leaning towards a Sweden win. Uh, for the Spain-Slovakia game, I see where Jules is coming from. Uh, Slovakia is going to have to be very disciplined in the way they uh, uh, they approach uh, Spain's uh, possession and attack. Um, I just think that uh, if they let up a little bit, lucky bounce here or there. You know, when you have so much possession and going around in the 18-yard box. This is when bounces happen, own goal, stuff like that. So Slovakia is going to have to play a very disciplined game. And I think what um, what Spain, uh, what the teams that play against Spain are doing is uh, they're uh, letting, it's not that they're frustrating Spain, it's they're letting Spain frustrate themselves. And that's causing them uh, to not get results. So uh, I'm going to go with a draw here. Uh, I think... Uh, I think Spain's just going to frustrate themselves. They're already frustrated as it is. Uh, so that's uh, that's my predictions for that round, uh, that group. Okay. Well, I guess I'll give you my predictions for, for Group E. Um, Slovakia, Spain, I mean, it's like beating a dead horse. Slovakia are going to come out, sit back against a Spanish team that has to open up and expose them. Um and I think it's going to backfire on Slovakia. I just think the Spanish team being at home, being in Sevilla, knowing their missed opportunities they had against Poland, they are not going to let that happen twice. So for me, Spain is going to beat Slovakia, and Spain is going to win this group. And then what's going to happen in the Sweden and Poland game is Poland is going to win. I think, I think Lewandowski's got confidence. I think Mulder is going to be... He played a fantastic game against uh, Spain. He'll play a fantastic game against Sweden. And Poland is going to win this game. And guys, the first tiebreaker is goal differential. And Poland is only sitting at negative one. And Sweden is sitting at plus one. So if Poland beats, uh, Poland beats Sweden, the tiebreaker after that is how many goals are scored in the, against the two teams. And 
So Poland will essentially have the tiebreaker if they beat Sweden, even by one goal. So I have Spain and Poland coming out of this group. Slovakia falling and going home. And then Sweden maybe sneaking in with four points um, as one of the best third-place teams. I just think uh, Poland's going to be a surprise. I think we're going to see Polska Gola and uh, hope they do it. So that's my prediction for Group E. I think it's going to turn up upside down after uh, match day three. So let's talk about the final group, the group of death here, guys. Uh, Germany, Hungary taking place in Munich, and then Portugal and France. Uh, these are the final two games to finish off what has been an exciting uh, group stage so far for Euro 2020. Guys, what are your thoughts on this? Nick, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on Portugal, France, and Germany and Hungary? Uh, I think the Germans got it too much for the Hungarians. Hungarians will pull up a fight, but the Germans just seem to get the job done. Very efficient, very... Uh, uh, no, uh, what, no how to get the job done, when to get the job done. So I uh, don't see uh, I don't see Hungary coming out of this one. Uh, the next game is my interesting one. I think it's uh, I think it's uh, bye bye Portugal. I uh, I think uh, that uh, you know uh, the Ronaldo show is going to come to an end, and uh, the Portuguese luck is going to come to an end. I think this France's team is just so talented that the only way they can lose. Is if they're their war their own worst enemies. I think uh, you know all around the pitch. Like I said, this French team is good till Qatar 2020, 2022. I mean they're that they're that uh, they're that talented. Um, I just uh, I don't see Portugal coming out of this one. And uh, I to be honest, that would be two losses for Portugal sitting on three points. Uh, that's bye bye Portugal. Yeah, so what I think going into this Portugal-France game, France, you know, they play a counterattacking game no matter what. They're very adaptable. If they got to play possession, they'll do it. But Deschamps, he's comfortable sitting back. That's what he does. Portugal, Fernando Santos, after getting that spanking from the Germans, he's not going to want another spank in that guy because he doesn't like to get spanked. So he's going to sit back, play defensive, and... uh it's going to be a game of chess. It's going to be who's going to open up first. I think this game's going to be very low scoring. It's going to be maybe a 1-0, 0-0 result. Um, I mean, both teams essentially do have to win, depending on what the Germans do. Uh, but a draw, again, would be enough to get them out of the groups. Neither would finish first, but they'd still get in. So I do see a draw happening here. I see the Germans going into... Allianz Arena in Munich, I, th I think they continue on this. That's what they needed. I said the Germans, what they score goals, they're going to be a juggernaut. And uh, I think they run over Hungary. Now, this is big implications for Italy. Italy's side of the bracket, they're going to be paired up with the first team, first place team in this group. If it's the Germans, it's no longer France, Italy semifinal. If we think Italy's going to go all the way to the semis, it could possibly be a Italy-Germany final if, if Germany goes all the way. So, this has big implications for us in regards to who we meet in the semis. And we know how the Italians do against the Germans. So maybe there's some destiny happening here. So uh, my prediction, draw for Portugal, France, Germany, smashing the Hungarians, and uh, Germany finishing first in this group. France second, Portugal third. Luck has to be on their side, and, they, and they'll get in on four points. Yeah, I think I think I agree. I think Portugal and France. I think France is, France has already been assured top three status in uh, in in this uh, in this group, and a draw is more than enough for them to see them through. I don't think France cares where they fall on what side of the bracket because they should be the strongest team. As we've said, it is their tournament to lose. They are the absolute hands down favorite according to everybody in the world. So a draw is more than enough. Portugal, same thing. Draw should be enough to see them into the into the round of 16. Fernando Santos does not want another smashing. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if the how this Portuguese defense shapes up. Um, I think even if France played for the draw, they're going to somehow come out with a win because I just think that Portugal defense is so vulnerable, making stupid, boneheaded uh, decisions back there. And then Germany is just going to go to town on Hungary. I think Germany wins this group. France finishes second. Portugal could be see you later um, after uh, after the group stage is finished. So those are my predictions for Group F. 
Um, that sums up today's podcast. We will be back after match day three concludes for uh, for the group. Nick, Jules, thanks for thanks for tonight. It's been a it's been a fun ride, and uh, we will see or we will talk to everybody as soon as the group stage is over, and we'll start previewing what will be an exciting round of sixteen. So until next time, everybody, ciao ragazzi, and good luck to all the teams. Ciao, guys. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye.